Oma Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Salakaya Chaksud Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodito Gorodai Pushpavanto Chitra Sandotamonono Shri Chaitanya Chaitamrita Kijai So today we're beginning chapter 4. In chapter 4, as we'll hear, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami explains the fifth verse of his Mangalacharan. Mangalacharan appears in chapter 1. And he also explains the sixth verse. So we've heard the two Namaskar verses, one general and one specific, and the explanation of those given in chapter 1. We heard the Ashirvad Shloka of Chaitanya Charitamrita, the third verse of his Kaviraj's Mangalacharan, which was explained in chapter 2. And we heard, uh, did I say Ashirvad? I meant Vastunadeh Shloka. And then the Ashirvad Shloka, where he gives a blessing, it's the fourth verse of his Mangalacharan, a verse from Rupa Goswami's Madhava. Who can say what verse from Madhava? The fourth verse of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami's Mangalacharan. Hmm? Well, how does it fit in my, in in Vidagda Madhava? Right. It's the verse in which Rupa Goswami is offering his obeisances to his deity. Now that verse has been selected by Kaviraj Goswami and placed in Chaitanya Charitamrita in his Mangalacharan as the fifth <coughs> verse which is the Ashirvad verse, Ashirvad Shloka, the verse in which the blessing is given to the readers. Among other things, in the whole chapter, chapter 3 was dedicated to explaining that, and the explanation was, it's an appropriate Ashirvad Shloka because the verse is about what? Coming to distribute. Right. External Right. Is about the external reasons for the Lord's descent, which has so much, so pertinent to our progress. But as we'll see, the internal reasons for his descent, which are discussed in verses um, what, uh, 5 and 6 that are covered in this chapter, are also pertinent to us, especially as we advance in Krishna consciousness. So, let us begin. Sri Chaitanya Prasadena Tad Rupasya Binirnayam Balopi Kurute Shastram Dushpa Braja Bilasina. By the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even a foolish child can fully describe the real nature of Krishna, the enjoyer of the pastimes of Braja, according to the vision of revealed scriptures, which is what Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami does in this chapter. And see how he exemplifies the standard of humility that Mahabhu called for. We find this throughout Chaitanya Charitamrita. Self-deprecation of Krishnadas Kabbalah Goswami is, um, is found everywhere. Jai Jai Si Chaitanya Jai Nityananda Jai Dvaita Chandra Jai Gaur Bhaktarinda Chaturta Shlokher Arta Koila Nibibaran Panchuma Shlokher Arta Shuna Bhaktagan So I described the meaning of the fourth verse, Kavira says, now, devotees, please hear the explanation of the fifth verse. Mul shloker arto korite prakash 
Artologoite agi kohia abhas. So, in order to explain the original uh, f- uh, verse, the fifth verse, he says, first let me suggest its meaning. What he's going to do here in suggesting its meaning, more or less, is give a review of the previous verse, which describes the external reasons for the Lord's descent. At some length, we'll see if we can cover that whole section today. Chaturta shloke arta e koilasar premonam prochorite e avutar. I have given the essential meaning of the fourth verse. This incarnation, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, descends to propagate the chanting of the holy name and to spread love of God. What kind of love of God did we hear? Poor asses? Of Vrindavan, of Braja. Satya ehetu kintu eho bahiranga ar ekhetu shuna ache atoranga antaranga. Although this is true, this is but the external reason for the Lord's incarnation. Please hear one other reason, the confidential reason for the Lord's appearance. So before we go on to this, what do we find in that fourth verse that's been described? He says here, it's about Nam Dharma and about Braj Bhakti. Is there anything else described about that verse with regards to the external appearance of the Lord worth mentioning? Well, that's an interesting topic in itself. I think we might have covered that to some extent. Yeah, well, not since the previous time that he came, but of course that uh, should mean should be taken to mean that it's never been given in a systematic way. The sadhana has never been given. The sadhana for this has never been given. Uh, we find here and there some instances of people attaining Braj Bhakti, like the sages in Naimisharanya. And, uh, we find this, uh, these sentiments in Jaidev's writing, Gita Govinda, and such, uh, uh, Chandidas, uh, and... Um, these kind of poets, Bilba Mangala Thakur, who Mahabhu appreciated in his book, Krishna Karnanamrita, we find these sentiments. But what Mahabhu gave, and particularly from the time of his taking sannyas and going to Puri, it was the sadhana, the whole, and of course, this is brought out by the successive followers of Mahabhu, it's a real system for attaining that practice. But besides that, we heard also that Advaita Charja called the Lord, and this was the cause for his descent. And that happens to correspond with what? Right, the descent of the Yuga Avatar and Nam Dharma. And it just so happened that the time for the Yuga Avatar to propagate the Nam Dharma coincided with, as we'll hear, these internal reasons in this chapter which is, in effect, really why the mellows of Braj Bhakti were dis- are distributed through the Namsan Kirtan, which ordinarily they, they would not be. One would get mukti, go to Vaikuntha by Namsan Kirtan. So this is a special Kali Yuga, special concession, because Namasrestam, as Raghunath Das Goswami says, the highest conception of the name, Mahaprabhu was brought. There are many other many conceptions of the name, but he's given the highest conception. It comes to this, Braj Bhakti and Madhurja. 
So Kabbalah says, although it is true, this is but uh, the external reason for the Lord's incarnation. Please hear one other reason, the confidential reason for the Lord's appearance. Purbe jena pritibira bhara horibare Krishna avatinahila shastrete prachare the scriptures proclaim that Lord Krishna previously descended to take away the burden of the earth. Swayam Bhagavan er karma nahe bharaharana stiti kartu vishnu karin jagat palana. To take away the burden, this burden, however, is not the work of Swayam Bhagavan. The maintainer Vishnu is the one who protects the universe. What is the work of Swayam Bhagavan? He has no work. <laughs> That's right. That's why he's Swayam Bhagavan. That's why people wonder, how can he be Swayam Bhagavan? He's not doing anything. In fact, he's doing things that seem prohibited at a glance. How can he be Swayam Bhagavan? He's only playing. But this fact that he's only playing is, the, is actually the proof that he's Swayam Bhagavan. Because why? takes power to play. So he who has most, he's just like if you want to take a vacation, you have to have some power, some money in the bank, have saved up. So he who's always playing, he has all power. But the power tends to be suppressed, that the playing may go on happily, unencumbered. But there's so much power that underlies that, that Brajalila. And we find it in in the uh, in the Nityaparshadas, like uh, Rupsanath and such power they had, power of Gyan, power of Bhakti, of course, but the power of Nana Shastra Vicharana, they had such comprehensive knowledge of the scripture. This is power. But in Braj, in the Braj Lila with Krishna, they appeared like uneducated girls for the sake of the of that love and intimacy, for that that, little, that play to go on. But the proof that that play is, is more than play. Nothing can be more than play in one sense, but that there's power that underlies it is in the descent of his associates, and he himself, of course, but more so we find it even in his associates, that they, Mahabhu only wrote eight shlokas of shikshas to come. But as we see from discussing them, as we have been in the evening, of course we haven't gone into detail, but... Um, we are going into detail in other discussions, and he did give some lectures, writing a commentary on Shikshastakam. These eight prayers are very, very deep. So much is found there. The Goswamis took these eight, sometimes it said, drops of nectar, and churned them into a whole ocean of Bhakti Shastra. The Goswami Granthas on Bhakti, all coming from this. So, they have a lot of Aishwarya, a lot of Gyan, knowledge. But it's suppressed by the force of love, which makes the play of Swayam Bhagavan possible. So, so Swayam Bhagavan, he has no business in delivering the burden from the earth. But we find that Krishna delivered the burden of the earth, didn't he? He killed so many demons. He spoke uh, about Dharma in, in Bhagavad Gita, Upanishadic wisdom established uh, religion and destroyed the burden of the earth. So, what is your reply? The, the Vishnu in him 
killed the, the demons. And he also, in his pastimes in Vrindavan, he did so many things that were, were confusing to, to the average practitioner that, that weren't um, apparently uh, dharmic. And he didn't really give the means to go to Vrindavan. Mahaprabhu gives the, the means bhakti to practically go. Mm-hmm. But, 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 that's but another thing. Says, Mahabrabhu is, is Chaitanya. Chaitanya Mahabrabhu is Krishna. It's why Bhagavan. Yeah. In Bhagavad Gita, he says, um, Savadharma Prachaja, but he doesn't practically say how to do it. Mm-hmm. He came back as Mahabrabhu. That's true. But, yes. So, outside of the Braj, is that Swayam Bhagavan? Technically speaking, no. This is the what? The, the Prakash of Swayam Bhagavan. What kind of Prakash? Swayam Prakash. In Dwarka and Mathura. And there he's uh, to some extent involved in establishing Dharma. But in the Braj, he also kills demons. What about that? But they come from outside into the Braj. And as will be explained in this chapter, as you have said, because he's Swam Bhagavan, Vishnu is within him. So Vishnu does the killing. But Krishna, what did he do for those demons? What did he do to Putana? Give her Vatsalya, Vatsalya Rasa. Therefore, Uddhava says what? Oh, how, uh, who in the right mind would worship anyone other than Krishna? Oh, Bakiyam, Stanakala Putam. He killed the brother of, uh, the sister of Baka, oh, Bakiyam, Kanakala, who smeared poison on her breasts. How insidious. The contrast is, 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 is great. Appearing as a mother, putting poison on her breasts. If the mother's not tender enough, the breasts of the mother, the nursing of the mother is the most tender activity that a mother can render to a child. The child is completely um, in the in the hands of the mother at that time, dependent upon the milk. And so, Krishna is an infant. Putana comes as a mother, gives her breast to give milk and spores poison, smears poison. So, no one could make a more uh, offensive approach to the Lord. But it's said that she dressed herself like a devotee. See Krishna's generosity. She looked, she distressed like a devotee, so he accepted her as a devotee, ignored everything else, gave her Vatsalya Bhakti. Meanwhile, a Vishnu in him killed that which in her which would not qualify her to attain that, that position. So the work of cleansing her heart, so to speak, this was done by Vishnu. And Krishna gave the Braj Bhakti, which is all he's involved with. And after all, we mentioned this yesterday to some extent, um, it's difficult for Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan himself, to directly be involved in anything else. This is what he's absorbed in. Even to show compassion for the conditioned souls or to be concerned about their plight is somewhat of, of, a, of a theological problem for him, given that he has no experience of material suffering that can't enter his heart, that cannot touch him. And compassion requires empathy, and empathy and compassion 
uh, requires uh, to be to be fully expressed. It requires that you have had that same experience yourself, so you can feel for others. Therefore, the importance of what comes to the light. Guru, the Vaishnavas, hmm? they can give bhakti. They're the carrier of bhakti. They're the vehicle of bhakti <coughs> in this world. They have some experience of the suffering of material existence, although it's past for them. Hmm? Klishagni, even in their sadhana, when their sadhana becomes fruitful. We'll to speak of bhava bhakti and prema bhakti. But it remains with them like a dream. And when they see other people suffering, Jiva Goswami has given this explanation from the dreamlike dream of material existence, which is only a suffering in the mind, it doesn't affect the soul proper, it feels some empathy, some compassion. So, <clears throat> yes, Vishnu protects the universe. This is not the business of Swayam Bhagavan. He says, King to Krishna Jai Hoi Avatar Kal Bharharana Kal Tote Hoila. Mishal. But, the, but the, it just so happened that the time to lift the burden of the world mixed with the time for Krishna's incarnation. So this is a special time. This is a special Dwarpa Yuga that's being referred to. Ordinarily, the sequence of Yugas is Satya, Dwarpa, Chaitakali. But at this time, there's some overlapping, as it's described. And the Dwarpa Yuga comes after the Tritta Yuga. And in that Dwarpa Yuga, at the end of the Dwarpa Yuga, this is curious, Krishna makes his appearance. Because you would wonder, well, what is the purpose of the Dwarpa Yuga avatar coming at the end of the Yuga? Krishna is appearing practically at the Sandhyam, at the junction between the Satya Yuga or uh, Dwarpa Yuga and Kali Yuga. So it's said that in the scriptures, the Dharma of the Yuga is known about and that the Lord will descend at some point is also known. Basically, it's a reference to the Chaturvuja, the mantra given in Bhagavatam for worship of the Lord in Dwarpa Yuga is a Chaturvuja mantra, offering obeisances to Vasudev, Pradyum, Naniruddha, and Sankarshan. So, this is the Lord in Mathura and Dwarka, basically, Vasudev Krishna and his expansions. And um, still, it's a very curious and special situation because he's appearing at the very end of the Yuga. Otherwise, some form of the Lord appears with blackish complexion, bearing the various weapons of Vishnu and teaches the Dharma of uh, a really, a really temple worship and worship of kings. The Lord in Dwarka was worshipped like a king, like a prince, with the parasol over his head and sitting on a throne and so forth. We find as we come into Kali Yuga some remnants from the monarchies of Dwarpa Yuga and how corrupt they were and corruption of the church and so forth also which reigned like a monarch in, in Europe and other parts, the Catholic Church. So this is all Dwarpa Yuga. <clears throat> so it's a very curious uh, advent. The time of, at this particular Dwarpa Yuga, the Yuga Avatar is coming at the end. 
and Krishna himself is coming at the same time and merging, or the Yuga Avatar is merging with him, which is, as we've heard, exactly what happened in his encore appearance in Kali Yuga as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Purna Bhagavan Abhutari Jekale Arshab Abhutar Tanta Asimile When the complete supreme Purna Bhagavan descends, all other incarnations of the Lord meet together within him. Narayana Chaturbhuva Matyadi Abhutar Yuga Manvantar Avatar Chata Ache Ar Sobe Asi Krishna Ange Hoy Abhutina Lord Narayan, Chaturvyuha, Matsya, and the other Lila incarnations, the Yuga avatars, Manbantara avatars, and many other incarnations, as, as many other incarnations as they are, there are, all descend in the body of Lord Krishna. In this way, the complete Supreme Personality, Lord Krishna himself, appears. Attaiva Vishnu Thakana Krishna Sharide, Vishnu Dware Kare Krishna Asura Samhare. At that time, therefore, Lord Vishnu is present in the body of the Lord, and Lord Krishna kills the demons through him, as well as establishes the principles of Dharma and so forth. Anushanga Karma E Asura Marana. Thus, killing the demons is but secondary work. I shall now speak of the main reason for the Lord's incarnation. So what is he doing here? Is he is explaining the parallel to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. How there's an internal and external reason. The parallel being in the Krishna's appearance in Dwapa Yuga. How there's an external reason for his descent and an internal reason for his descent. So similarly, there's an external reason for Mahaprabhu's descent, who is Swami Bhagavan, and an internal reason. And they're very closely related, as we'll hear. So, we've heard the external reason for Krishna's descent. It coincides with the Yuga Avatar, so there will be the establishment of Dharma and dealing with the demons and so forth. <clears throat> In this regard, it's mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita about Krishna's descent. What, did it, what does it say it said there in the fourth chapter? Paritranaya sadunam birashai chaduskritam dharma samstapanartaya sambhavami yuge yuge. Commentators have all concluded what? That Krishna's principal function is not establishing dharma and annihilating the miscreants, but giving protection to his devotees. What do his devotees suffer from? What do they need protection from? Right, the feelings of separation from him. So again, Krishna is directly related to his devotees. He interacts with them only. Prema-rasa-niryas-kodite-asvadhan-ragh-bhag-bhukti-loke-kodite-pracharan-rasika-shekhar-krishna-paramakarana-e-dui-hetu-hoite-i-chara-udgama. These are very now famous verses, these two verses of Chaitanya Charitamrita. The Lord's desire to appear was born from two reasons. This is Krishna. The Lord wanted to taste the sweet essence of the mellows of love of God, and he wanted to propagate devotional service in the world on the platform 
of spontaneous attraction. Thus he is known as supremely jubilant and the most merciful of all. This, you see, this is... You could take this verse to be referring to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well as to Krishna. They are the same person. It's more prominent in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna came to uh, taste the sweet essence of the mellows of love of God means what? That is not a leela and the uh, manifestation of the Prakat Leela in Bhoma Vrindavan gives him greater facility to taste love of God than in Golok. This is, this is a big topic and there's a big, uh, there was a big controversy in, in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism about this. The difference between, and it will come here slightly, between Golok and Gokul. What is the difference between Golok and Gokul? Who can say? There's no difference. Why is there no difference, even when there is apparent, some apparent difference? Because it is based on the same bhava. Therefore, what? Parakiya bhava is not a um, an occasional um, bhava of the Lord. Certain things that the Lord does when he descends are occasional, like killing demons. In Goloka, there's no demons to kill. But here, when he comes, just like when Mahaprabhu comes, then we have this this Puri Lila where he's teaching how to be a sadhaka and, and, and to advance and so forth. These things are uh, occasional Lilas. So some people say the Paraki is occasional. It can't be in Goloka because they have some some idea about it being defective, the Lord and dancing with others' wives. They, they, they have a hard time accommodating that. Hmm. And because Jiva Goswami emphasized Swaki above. So there's been a huge controversy about this over the, over the years. It's been resolved to the satisfaction of everybody in the, in the community of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but it, and, and, and largely to the, due to the commentaries of Vishwan of Chakravati Thakur. But, it, but throughout Jiva Goswami's writings in, 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 uh, in uh, Rama Samhita, in Krishna Sandarbha, in Gopal Champu, his commentary in Ujjwal Nilmani, these are major, major works of Jiva Goswami, Artatva Acharya. He has emphasized Swakiya Bhav. But his, what he's doing in that emphasis is what? He's a Tattva Charja. So he's giving more the Siddhanta than the bhava. He's giving the siddhanta, the tattva that underlies the bhava. He's, when he emphasizes swakiya, what he's saying is what? He's saying that the Lord is, gopis are really married to Krishna. In other words, they swakiya, they, they belong to him. They don't parakiya, belong to another. In reality, they belong to him. But the bhava of the lila makes it appear otherwise. And because that bhava of parakya, of the sense of their seeming to belong to someone else, heightens the, the, the taste of rasa for Krishna, it gives Krishna pleasure, great pleasure. And whatever gives Krishna pleasure, that's real. That's dharma. You know what? The satisfaction of hari, that is the standard of 
perfection of activity, and that is that is reality. So you see, this is a very, very um, complex theological uh, discussion. Dubhava is an illusion, but to emphasize that is to take away from it also. It's re it actually it's real. It really pleases the Lord. So it has real substance. It's not that it's a, it's a play, and, and Krishna knows this isn't really happening. Hmm? If, if that was the case, how could, he, how could he be absorbed in it? Unless you're lost in the play and forget your other identity altogether, and you can't be in it to that extent. And he's in it fully. He's fully absorbed there. So, but, but this parakya is not only relative to the prakatlila, the manifest lila, it's also there in Golok. Because the bhava of these two cannot be different. There may be differences. Kadamba trees may be bigger in Golok. There may be a little more Aishvarya there. There are, of course, Golok is complex too. There is a place for Radha and Krishna to be married, technically and officially, in Golok. But in Vrindavan, in the Braj, which is really the real heart of, of Goloka, Paraki is definitely manifest there. This is the conclusion of all the acharyas. And Vishwanachakvita has expertly explained the position of Jiva Goswami to the satisfaction of all Godias, not to the satisfaction of all scholars who want to only look at it objectively and have no feeling for what Jiva Goswami was doing. <clears throat> so, the Lord's desire to appear was born for two reasons. He wanted to taste the sweet essence of the mellows of love of Godhead. So, again, it's more apparent in, in Gaur-lila, but in Krishna-lila, the material world, human society, tends to facilitate his uh, playing out the lila of human-like love. It's, I've said before, it's like filming a, a drama on location. Humanity, human society is, is the place where people fall in love and become bewildered. Mm -hmm. Love, bhakti, is ignorance. Divine ignorance, no doubt. But love is, is facilitated by ignorance. Achievement is, is facilitated by passion. And knowledge is facilitated by, by goodness. But love is facilitated by Ignorance, you have to ignore things, realities, to be in love. So this is true with the divine love of the Lord and, and uh, Gopi's love for him. Therefore, it's sometimes called divine ignorance. They appear, as we said earlier, to be ignorant. The fact that they're not is apparent when they come here for preaching and so forth. So, he came to taste the mellows of sweet mellows of love of God, which indicates what? That the Golo, Gokul, which the manifestation here is called as opposed to Golok, is sweeter than Golok. It's said that the sadhakas, and as I mentioned yesterday, sadhana extends also into Bhav Bhakti. It's a sadhana with Bhav. But sadhakas want to go to Golok. And the inhabitants of Golok want to come to Gokul. This has been explained by Jiva Goswami. Because there's more sweetness. They want to go there, the sadhakas, to attain perfection. Arriving there, the devotees want to come here with the Lord, who experience the Narlila, as opposed to the Devalila, hmm? in Golok, because it's sweeter. 
this is a great mystery. And besides this, he, he, the Lord wanted to propagate devotional service in the world, uh, the Ragmarg. Thus he is known as supremely jubilant and is the most merciful of all. So Krishna is descending at the time of the, of the Yuga Avatar doesn't have anything to do with the establishing of the Dharma in Dwarpa Yuga. It has to do with tasting, relishing the sweet mellows of, of Braj Bhakti in human society where these things go on. People do go with other people's wives. It happens. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Still, he wanted to propagate devotional service on Ragmarg. He did it only by way of manifesting his Leela here. As Vrindarani pointed out, he said, surrender unto me in the Gita. But he doesn't really teach practically how. Thus, the need for Mahaprabhu, and plus the need for Mahaprabhu's appearance also is based on this Leela, that it was frustrated to some extent. Because in the midst of that Leela, he saw the measure of Radha's love. And this became a existential crisis for him. Because he is the supreme taster of love, and he saw a kind of love that he had no, t no experience of, that it exceeded his capacity to love. So the necessity for the Gaur Avatar, the answer to the existential crisis where Krishna is doubting his own position. Now you can see why this is postgraduate study, as Prabhupada called it. This is very deep. Aishwarya Gyaneti Shab Jagat Mishvita Aishwarya Sitila Preme Nahi Prita Krishna thought, all the universe is filled with the concept of my majesty, but love weakened by that sense of majesty does not satisfy me. Amare Ishwar monem aponake heen tad preme basha ami nahui adhin. If one regards me as the supreme lord and himself as a subordinate, I do not become subordinate to his subservient to his love, nor can it control me. Amoke tadye je bhokta bhaji je bhave tare se se bhave bhaji. In whatever transcendental mellow my devotee worships me, I reciprocate with him. This is my natural behavior. Pramana verse from Bhagavad Gita. In whatever way my devotees surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects. Osanaprita. More putra, more shaka, more pranapati. E bhave jimore kore shudavakti. Aponake, bodamane, amare samhin. Se bhave hoi ami tahara adhin. If one cherishes pure, loving devotion to me, thinking of me as his son, his friend, or his beloved, regarding himself as great, and considering me his equal or inferior, I become subordinate to him. He gives a verse from Bhagavatam now to confirm that. Mai bhakti bhutanam manmatat paya kalpate dishtya yad asin matsneho bhavatinam marapana. This is a famous verse in uh, Ratiyatra, Leela, of uh, the meeting of Krishna and gopis at Kurukshetra. This is the verse Krishna spoke 
that pacified them, that they explained their understanding of through their final comment in that chapter, we explained this at length during our festival preceding the recent Ratiyatra. Krishna is saying here, devotional service rendered to me by the living beings revives their eternal life. In other words, I give liberation to people who worship me with bhakti. I take them to Vaikuntha. But, my dear damsels of Braja, your affection for me is your good fortune, for by it you get me, is what he's saying. I'm purchased by you. So when they understood it properly, that, that he was purchased by them, then they, was a little, they got a little satisfaction in their heart, that he was with them, always. Not in a philosophical sense, everyone is with God, God is everywhere, you cannot be separated from him. He ostensibly was telling them like this, but they weren't happy with this kind of explanation. They want him in a concrete way. And so here he admits, in a concrete way, I'm not with you, or I am with you. How is that? My heart is completely taken by you. Although I'm in Dwarka, and I have many princesses, many queens, I never think about them. Where a person is, that's where their heart is. My heart, I never think about them. Therefore, when at night, when I dream, I'm speaking the names of Radha and Alita. And you can only think about, you dream about what you think about during the day. If he was absorbed in Rukmini, he'd be singing her name at night. But no, he's not. He's absorbed in all the Brajbasis, especially the Gopis and Radhika. So, this verse comes here. He gives it as a Pramana verse to establish what? That bhakti in general, this is Swayam Bhagavan speaking, is not attractive to me. That's attractive to Vishnu, Vishnu bhakti. What's attractive to me is this kind of bhakti by which people think of me as their subordinate, as their equal, as their lover. This is what I'm involved in, this special realm. And this he came to taste, and a byproduct of his tasting it is to, um, two things. Human society gets a chance to view it, become attracted to it, and furthermore, Swami Bhagavan meets with complications in that tasting, the limits of that, which causes the Gauravatar, Chaitanya Avatar. Mata Mori Putra Bhave Koreno Bandhan Atihin Gyane Kore Lalana Palan Mother sometimes binds me as her son. She nourishes and protects me, thinking me utterly helpless. Shaka shuddha shakhe kore skande arohan. Tumi kon loka, tumi amisam. My friends climb on my shoulders in pure friendship, saying, What kind of big man are you? You and I are equal. Priya jari man kore kore barchana. If my beloved consort reproaches me in a sulky mood that steals, my, that steals my mind from the reverent hymns of the Vedas. Someone could be reciting the hymns of the Vedas glorifying God, but if Radharani is upset with him and, and criticizes him in her sulky mood, in her man, her anger at him, that steals his mind away 
very quickly from this, from this such praise of the Vedas that has no attraction for him. Eshuda bhakta lana karimu avatar karibo vibhida vidha adbuto bihar vaikuntyadi vaikuntadje nahi jeje lilar prachar sese lila koriba jate mochamatkar Taking these pure devotees with me, see, he's speaking about his inner circle, I shall descend and sport in various wonderful ways, unknown even in Vaikuntha. I shall broadcast such pastimes by which even I am amazed. So in Vaikuntha, how can it be in Vaikuntha that they don't know about these things? They know about something similar because Bhagavan Vishnu sometimes performs these pastimes. This gives evidence for them, the people of Vaikuntha, to think as they like, according to their bhava, that Krishna is one of the avatars of Narayan. Krishna is facilitating that bhava. So sometimes he enacts leelas and some devotees can see those who have some liking to that. Gopukumar in Brihad Bhagavatamrita is evidence of this. He saw those leelas. Because Bhagavan Narayan knew his heart, he tried to satisfy Gopakumar's heart as much as he could by manifesting those leelas, by which the inhabitants of Vaikuntha get evidence to support their bhava that Narayan is the supreme god and Krishna is his avatar. And sometimes he does this, these kind of pastimes. It's part of Vaikuntha, place where he does them, and sometimes his Krishna avatar manifests on earth and performs these things. But Gopakumar couldn't be satisfied by Narayan's enactment of the uh, Rajalila. It's not the same. So he couldn't remain in Vaikuntha. His swarup, his, his, the cultivation of his swarup, his bhav, even if Vaikuntha pushed him on to Golok. So see how Narayan is facilitating the sentiments of, of the devotees. Therefore, these visions of different sampradayas, they're not something to really quabble over. And Kaviraj Goswami has given that, as we heard in the second chapter. If you want to think of Mahaprabhu as uh, the incarnation of Karnadakshya Vishnu, Karnadakshya Vishnu, it's not wrong. It's not very flattering. It's not saying much about him, but if you want to think like that, no harm. So some people think like that. But the people who fight over this, they don't have real standing in what they're fighting about. Do you follow? In other words, people argue, oh, Gaudiya people, Gaudiya Vaishnavas say, they say this, Krishna is the Supreme God. We argue on the basis of our Shastra, otherwise they want to fight like this. If they really study Gaudiya Siddhanta, they'll see. Their position is accommodated within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It must be. Because, as Gaudiya say, Krishna's two Bhagavan Sahayam. And Mahaprabhu was that same Krishna. This has already been proven. Objectively, from Shastra Praman, that these people will even accept if they will open their eyes. Therefore, Kaviraj says, what about them that don't? Those that don't open their eyes. They are like owls. owls. Hmm? The sun is full, but their eyes are closed. <laughs> so, 
Meanwhile, they cannot accommodate our bhakti. They cannot accommodate our bhakti, these type of people. What does that mean? They cannot accommodate our bhakti and our siddhanta. What is it? We have a siddhanta to support our bhav, given by the Goswamis. They cannot accommodate that. What is the significance of that? That their conception is not the full-blown conception of Godhead. That, that is proof that Narayan is not the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because they are steeped in the Narayan conception. And they cannot accommodate this. We can accommodate it. Why? Because Narayan is, and all the sentiments of Vaikuntha are inside Krishna. Their very objection and inability to accommodate is evidence in support of our position. You understand? Let me further explain to your satisfaction. They say, based on their scripture, that Krishna cannot be the Supreme God. Narayan is the Supreme God. Now, by saying that, they, cannot, they could call us some kind of type of renegades. They cannot accommodate our bhava, which is based on our siddhanta, our conclusions. But that's a problem, because we have bhava. And that cannot be denied. Do you understand? <laughs> that Mahaprabhu had bhav. More than that. Mahabhav. That cannot be denied by any objective person. There are symptoms by which we can understand who has, who does not have. These are exhibited by Mahaprabhu and his associates. So the bhav is coming. So they have to accommodate that bhav. By their understanding of Shastra, by their bhav, it cannot be accommodated. That's another thing. By their bhav, it cannot be accommodated. But we can accommodate their bhava and their explanation of it. Because, because Narayan is inside of Krishna. Because Krishna is not inside of Narayan, they, have no, they cannot accommodate that bhava. In Vaikuntha, they will argue about this. <laughs> so there's some scope for arguing. Most people, let's say, who are arguing, they have no bhava like that. They're just arguing for the sake of arguing. But in Vaikuntha, they have that bhava. They cannot, cannot, they, they cannot, therefore, this is unknown to them, as Kaviraj Goswami says. Krishna will perform pastimes unknown in Vaikuntha. And when they see them on earth, they have to analyze them from the perspective of their bhava. So they cannot accommodate our bhava. We can accommodate their bhava. We can accommodate the siddhanta that supports it. They cannot accommodate our bhava. They cannot accommodate the, the siddhanta, the tattva that supports it. But really, it's a problem for them because we have the bhava. Not just the bhava, but bhava, which they want, which everybody wants, which is the goal of, of sadhana. And prema, which is the cultivation of, of bhava. So this is what Kaviraj Goswami ultimately concluded in that third chapter. When he said, what can be done? Owls cannot see in the daytime. He ultimately concluded by saying, see the, the character of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then, then, then what? How can you deny it? In other words, you have to find a way to make the scripture work to support such experience. And the Goswamis have done such a good job. Not that you deny the experience and say that the Shastra has to fit around it. Or that the Bhava has to fit around the Shastra. And if it doesn't fit around our conception of Shastra, then it can't be Bhava. But it is. See? The character and the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that has to then be thought, hmm, well, this is an extraordinary 
manifestation of divinity. That cannot be denied. So it must be supported by Scripture. And Goswamis have given the support. And it takes us to Golok and all these topics that are being discussed here by Krishna Kaviraj Goswami. You follow? Mobishai Gopi Ganer Upopoti Bhave Yogomaya Koribeka Apono Prabhave. The influence of Yogamaya will inspire the gopis with the sentiments that I am their paramour. Amiha Najanitaha Najani Gopigan. Neither the gopis nor I shall notice this, for our minds will always be entranced by one another's beauty and qualities. Such is the nature of Yogamaya. She's like the shadow of Krishna. So just as any inkling to move in a particular way just starts to develop immediately, then she's facilitating organizing. Dharma chadi rage dunghe koraje milan kabu mile kabu na mile daibera gatan. Pure attachment will unite us even at the, at the expense of moral religious duties. Dharma. Destiny will sometimes bring us together and sometimes separate us. Eshabrasa niryasa kodiba ashvad I shall taste the essence of all these rasas in this way. I shall favor all the devotees. Brajeram nirmal ragshuni bhaktagan ragmarge bhaje yena chadi dharma karma. Then, by hearing about the pure love of the residents of Braj, devotees will worship me on the path of ragmarg, abandoning all rituals of religiosity and fruitive activity. So this is the second part. It says, I come, Krishna is saying, I come to taste this sweetness in the Naralila, which is sweeter than I can taste it in Goloka, in the Devalila. I come to earth for this reason. And what's the second reason? To make this opportunity of this love available. But he became so absorbed in it himself that he kind of fell short in terms of making it available in teaching a sadhana how to actually do this. He made it available by making it attractive to people. No more attractive lila of the Lord has ever been manifest in the world. But it stopped short there. Therefore, the secondary, the external need for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. And the internal need, which is being discussed here in this chapter, of which this is the prelude to, also... Krishna's Leela to taste the sweetness of, of, of love in his Narlila reached a point of limitation. He saw the extent of Radha's love in Rasa Leela and he knew, I, I don't have a taste. I don't ta- I don't, I'm Rasa Raj, but I cannot taste that. I have not tasted that. This is a, as I say, existential crisis for Krishna. Am I Rasa Raj? Am I the taster of all Rasa? What's going on here? What is this? So the necessity to taste that and, and it arose in him. This is an existential crisis for, for Krishna. The solution to which, the theological and ontological solution to which, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. In terms of its internal reason, which is here being discussed. External reason, 
from Mahaprabhu's appearance corresponds with the problem, the external problem for Krishna's descent. Krishna's descent is twofold, like Mahaprabhu's. To taste this rasa more fully than I can taste in Golok and to make it available to people. The problem in making it available to people is that he got so absorbed and he didn't teach how to do that. I mean, he gave Bhagavad Gita, but it's kind of an outline and to draw the Braj Bhakti and how to go there and, and all. No comparison to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu played out, how he taught that. Mahaprabhu was teaching as Acharya precisely how to enter the Brajalila. From the time he was leaving Srivasangam and taking sannyas and going to South India and other parts in Puri, he's showing by his teaching how to enter Vrindavan by his example. Dunam Sankirtan to his internal bhajan later on, the end of his life in Antilila, all these things. And the Goswami, drawing from all that, of course, wrote about it and explained it in great depth. So Mahaprabhu is fully Krishna and extending the purpose extending the Leela of Krishna for the purpose of fulfilling its its very reason for appearing on earth. Twofold reason. So with regard to making it available to people, it, it stops here. He says, Anugrahaya bhaktanam manusham dehamashritaha bhajate tadrishi krida yasrutva tatparo bhavet This comes in the Rasa Leela, this verse. He's giving this as a Pramana verse. He says, Krishna, Krishna manifests his eternal human-like form, this is the Narlila, and performs his pastimes to show mercy to his devotees. Having heard such pastimes, one should engage in service to him. And the word Bhavet, as Krishna Kaviraj Goswami will explain, Bhavet Kriya Bidhilin Se Ihakai Katavya Abhasha E Anyatra Pratyavyai Pratyavyai here the use of the verb bavet, which is in the imperative mood, tells us that this certainly must be done. Non-compliance will be abandonment of duty. So the implication is such is the attractive nature of Krishna's pastimes. The apex, the climax of which, of course, is the Ras Panchajaya, the Rasalila, where this verse is drawn from. So Krishna is saying, I came to the world to make this available to people. And this is how this is the extent to which I made it available. I manifested. It. It's so beautiful. It's so charming. It's so attractive that if people see it, they have to take it up. They must. It's it's compulsive or compulsory in the in the sense that it's so compelling. Nothing can compare to it. Nor the Leela of the Lord. To associate with the Lord means through his Leela. This is most charming, most compelling, therefore it must be done. And to make sure that they will do it. He's coming in the next Lila's Mahaprabhu in the in the encore appearance. His very same self, Swayam Bhagavan, to teach how to do it. It's very extraordinary. So just how the ex- internal and external reasons for Krishna's descent fully correspond with Mahaprabhu's descent. So he says, Evancha Jaiche Krishna Prakatya Karan Asura Samhar Anusanga Prayojan Evmata Chaitanya Krishna Puna Bhagavan Yuga Dharma Prabhartana Nahit Tanrakam. Just as these desires are the fundamental reason for Krishna's appearance, whereas 
destroying the demons is only an incidental necessity. So for Chaitanya, Krishna Chaitanya, who is also Swayam Bhagavan, who is the Purna Bhagavan, promulgating the Dharma of the age is incidental. Kon karane jabe hoile hoila abotare man yugadharma kal hoila se kale milan. When the Lord desired to appear for another reason, other than the promulgating of the Yuga Dharma, the time for promulgating the religion of the age happened to occur simul simultaneously. Do we hate to abutari lana bhaktagan apane ashvade prem namsan kirtan? Thus, with two intentions, the Lord appeared with his devotees and tasted the nectar of prem with the congregational chanting of the holy name. Se dwari achandali kirtana sanchare nam prem mal ganti paraila sanchare. Thus he spread kirtan even amongst the untouchables. He wove a wreath of the holy name and prem with which he garlanded the entire world. E moto bhakta bhab kori angikar apani achari bhakti korila prachar. In this way, assuming the sentiment of a devotee, he preached devotional service while practicing it himself. I think we have to stop there. What is the time? Yeah, it's a little late. Hmm? But not, so we didn't get quite as far as I wanted. But uh, this is all the introduction to explaining the fifth verse. We'll, we'll reach that distance tomorrow. Then the verse comes, and then an in-depth explanation of all this, followed by the sixth verse and its explanation. will all come in this chapter. It's concluded on a nice point here. The Mahaprabhu re weaved a wreath of Namsan Kirtan and Brajaprem. These two don't necessarily go together. Namsan Kirtan is the Yuga Dharma for Kali Yuga. But in every Kali Yuga, by doing Namsan Kirtan, you cannot get the Brajaprem. You go to Vaikuntha. But in this time, this special descent that's being described, the Brajaprem and Namsan Kirtan have been weaved together. So by performing Namsan Kirtan, under this conception, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we should have that conception in the background, why I'm doing this, where I'm going, what this is for. You can achieve that. Very special. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Oh, Premanande. Jai.